changed. My life not only changed, I knew I had changed, but I didn't think my actual day-to-day life would change. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork? Yeah. Vulnerability is something that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. But as we all know, it is a huge pathway to growth. And Ali Vincent, who is the winner of season five of The Biggest Loser, is a shining example of that. I had the chance to dish with her on this episode of Recipes for Your Best Life after meeting her at the Crave Northwest event in Spokane this past weekend. And what I found from this beautiful soul is that while The Biggest Loser taught her a lot, season two, which is her journey right now after having three children, is probably the most important one of all. I think this is an episode that you're going to learn so much about. And I'll just give you a little peek behind the tent. The number one word that you'll come away with is forgiveness. Let's listen to Allie. Allie, it's so good to have you on. I'm so excited. I haven't done one of these podcasts in a while, so I'm looking forward to like chatting today. Well, I'm, I'm really grateful that we get to share you and your story with our listeners. And I had the pleasure of kind of unexpectedly meeting you at the Crave Northwest event in Spokane this past weekend. And I love that, you know, you, you introduced yourself and you were like, I, I have a chapter two to what I'm doing. But originally you, you came into the world of, I guess you could say food and fitness through The Biggest Loser, where you were the first female winner of that show. Can you tell us a little bit about what made you decide to go on the show and what that experience was like? It must have been crazy. I feel like those are all super loaded questions, but I will definitely <laughs> do my best. But I just want to like kind of put it out there that like, yes, we met by chance in your world, but in my world, we met um, intentionally. <laughs> you know, we went I there love to that. meet you, to meet you. And so, and it was kind of funny because I, I, you know, I've been in that role of signing books at different events and stuff and it had people come up to me and I just didn't want to be like one of those people. I'm like, I hope she felt like we actually connected. She felt that my authenticness and that I really want to just kind of learn from you and talk to you and just kind of, I always like to be a sponge around those that I know are experts in their fields because I know that I am not an expert at anything. I'm definitely a product of just trying to figure it out day by day. And as the seasons of my life change, you know, like I, I need new things. It's literally, it's not even, I, sometimes day by day is almost too generous. It's like minute by minute. You know oh, what I mean? Sister, so. We're all in the same boat and it was, <laughs> you know, we're all students in this life and I feel like things are constantly shifting and changing. And that's why being able to learn from each other is so incredibly important. And I, I agree that it was unintentionally intentional. So exactly. But, so, and speaking of shifting, like shifting and changing, like you asked about me being on The Biggest Loser, you know, that was 
let's see, it's 2019. I won 2008. And so I started it in 2007. And when I first ever heard of the show, The Biggest Loser, it was still, I was season five. If if we want to take our listeners way back then, it's like, where, how many seasons were there? There were tons of seasons. And now actually the show's starting up again. So I'm excited about that. But season five was the first year that Biggest Loser added and uh, they did it like kind of year round. So we were that extra season that got snuck in to kind of put it on course for what it became. Yeah. And, um, you know, during my season, and we'll get into that. So let me start first with how I got there. I, when I first heard of the show, it was my younger sister told me about it. And she, you know, she knew I was unhappy. She knew I had been struggling with my weight for a long time. And, and for me, which I don't know, like, it, you know, what I found through this journey since is that whether or not it shows up like it did on me and, and it continues to show up on me. Like I think a lot, I realized that everybody struggles with their weight or their choices, or it's because it's so much more than just what we're putting in to nourish us. It's, it's also like how we're feeling about ourselves and how we treat ourselves by when we're eating, you know? And I didn't, I, but I didn't, I didn't know any of that back then. Back then I was just unhappy. You know, I was, um, you know, working and I really kind of, just dove into that. And then I would go out with my friends like afterwards and I was a hairstylist. We did a lot of eating out and, 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 you know, and indulging in beverage and, and stuff like that. You know, we had our talk, our our taco Tuesdays were never just tacos though. They were like chimichangas and different things like that, you know, and well, loaded with lots like, of margaritas. I mean, it, yes, margarita it's something city. that it taunts us all. So, I mean, there, so your sister who I got to meet too, and she's lovely. Um, she was like, you know, there's the show, what do you think? And what was your initial thought? Were you well, like, wow, that's a big commitment? Yeah. So it originally, it was my younger sister, which you will meet, but you know, oh, okay. she, <laughs> yeah, I got two sisters, two brothers, so you never know. But, um, you know, when she first told me about it, she's like, oh, Ellie, you know, I have the, I've been watching this show and it's called the biggest loser. And immediately I went to, defense I was like biggest loser like what are you talking about and then when I like kind of got to like in the beginning I was really like what are they making fun of fat people like I can't even believe that you would watch that but it was just it was literally projection of like what do you mean why are you talking to me about this and of course you, you met you met Amber who is my sister that's a master's Pilates instructor my younger sister is this six foot tall drop dead gorgeous Ashtanga yoga person you know what I mean and so I'm like the in my world, I was like the, you know, the fat sister or, and that's how I felt. Never did they ever make me feel that way. Let's get that very clear. But it was just what I did to myself. And that's what, you know, I hope we'll get, we'll get into all of that in this, in this podcast, I'm sure. But like, so she told me about it and I was just like, I'm not interested in your show. I mean, I literally avoided her. Like she was following me around. It was like a family dinner because we always gather and there's always food, you know? And I was like, listen, I'm not interested in your biggest loser. And she's like, just come over sometime. And so we literally talk on the phone like two, three times a day, you know? And she would, she didn't like count me every single time, but she definitely didn't let it up. And she's like, listen, come over, we'll have pizza, and we'll watch <laughs> The Biggest Loser. And I was just like, no. So I literally never gave it into her. I never let her know, but I did. I knew that it was important, and I knew she loved me, and I knew that if she was really this persistent, it was something that she saw in a positive light. 
and that she felt like could help me. And so I did catch an episode here and there. And I will say I worked on Tuesdays and I didn't have a DVR back then. That's how like long ago it was like, not everybody had a DVR in every room of their house. (laughs) Some of, some of the young ones are like, what's a DVR? (laughs) I know. I know. They're like, wait, you have TV and it's not just internet TV. (laughs) What does that even mean? Yeah. I I know. So what it means to the people that are young and listening is that I didn't, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't record it. (laughs) I I feel you on that. I feel, but I, yeah. So you, you were at this point and you know, I want to just say something because you said something, I think that's really important. The people in your life that are invested in you, that want to see you thrive and succeed are oftentimes the people that, um, they have to put themselves out there to make you listen, you know, and I'm saying that generally, and that that takes a lot, but I, I would hope that people would see that in a loving way instead of in a defensive way. And I'm, I'm really glad that you were able to discern between the two, because it doesn't mean that, you know, somebody is saying anything critical. It's more, they just want what's best for you. They want, they have you in their best heart. Well, and I think that that is, there's so much attached to each relationship and who you're able to hear things from and who you're not. Like my dad, he used to, I mean, we've had conversations since because honestly, this whole journey of um, learning how to eat, you know, eat healthier and working out and making those choices minute by minute, you know, day by day, you know, all the time is, is a journey. And it's like those, the people that we share our time with and share and break bread because that's literally our culture. We break bread often with people you know, we have so much that comes behind that. So like my dad, for example, he'll be, he would be like, listen, you, are you sure you want another helping alley? And I'd be like, and for me, it would just make me so angry that I'd be like, yeah, I want another helping. Whether I did or not, I even made it bigger and I made sure I finished it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like, yeah, because yeah. I was going to show him not that, and that's just so stupid and silly because it was, it, it did nothing to him and it, it, it punished me even more you know, and I was constantly trying to fulfill something that was, that had nothing to do with food. And so uh, after the show and after kind of meeting wonderful people like yourself and other, like, you know, I mean, I just recently met you, but I've met other people out in this world who have had these um, epiphanies and this, uh, you know, this inspiration to share what they know and love what they do and to kind of change my conversation in my head by sharing with them. But so I was able to have a conversation with my father afterwards. And it's like, listen, that doesn't help me. That doesn't serve me. It actually really like puts me in my crap, you know? (laughs) Why don't you say instead of, I'm sure you want another healthy one, why don't you say, hey, Allie, wait, let's not like wait, but like, hey, did I show you this? Distract me. Distraction works well for me because the truth is I'm not hungry. You know what I mean? It's just there. But that took a lot like this I mean it goes through a lot of phases and stages you know to be able to do that but yeah I was very grateful that I like listened to my sister but I um you know speaking of being willing to hear it from people after winning this show I um during the show the uh, Sex in the City movie the second movie came out did you ever see those movies Sex oh yeah City yeah okay if you can remember and I can't it's um, Kim Cattrall I don't remember her character name but she was the one that went to California and was in love with her boyfriend, but she comes back for the baby shower. Remember at Charlotte's, it was at Sarah's house at Charlotte's wedding, I mean, baby shower. And they open the door. She's got the little pudge and they're like, you know, and she's and they were like, what are you doing? And then afterwards in the conversation, they're like, she's like, I didn't even notice. And they're like, girlfriend, how did you not notice? And I was like, oh my gosh, if I only had some girlfriends that like, 
had the courage to to speak up to me more. I might have like stopped myself sooner. You know what I mean? And not like, it's not like it's like, you know, their fault or not like anything like that. Don't hear that, please. But it was just, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that I guess I was open to. So a lot of people didn't have the courage to share with me. So I think, yeah, you're right. It's important to be able as a friend to find a way to let your friends that you're concerned about hear it. Yeah. And and you're right. There is a way to do it with tact. So, okay. So you're like, I'm going to do this show and this show is a commitment. I mean, what, what, what did you think going into it? Were you like, wow, I'm, I'm all in now. Like what, what's going to happen? Or I, I'm just curious. And I'm sure everybody listening is like, what was going on in your head during this whole time? Like you're on TV, you're subject to what they're showing as your story like that had to be intimidating well that part is hugely intimidating and actually when the show started to air i was already eliminated so my season i was eliminated and came back but you know we don't want to like necessarily get into those specifics so i was at home and i knew that the biggest loser season was starting and i literally physically broke out in hives for exactly that reason because it's like oh my gosh they're going to introduce all these people like they don't how are they going to introduce me and they're going to pick and choose how the world sees me you know what I mean and I was just like it was just super interesting and you know when we first got to the show the very first day I was on the show with my mom for those of you who don't know or aren't familiar with The Biggest Loser there was partners our season and I was on the show with my mom and we literally just like kind of filmed the intro and we were already exhausted. In fact, before we started doing that, they pull up to the ranch and the physical um, trainer, the trainer there, he comes up and he's like, okay, we're going ahead. We're in the vans, right? Like, mind you, we're in these vans. And he's like, we're going to go ahead and tape everybody's ankles. <laughs> and I was like, why are we taping our ankles? What? You know what I mean? And they're like, well, we just found out that it just, you know, it's best if we just start out this way. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes. What, what is that? What is that? But why? I mean, what was the rationale? Did they explain why they were doing that? Well, just because, mind you, you know, we're on The Biggest Loser. So all of us have probably not done any major physical activity in a long time. And so just even filming the entries and stuff like that, walking up this path, like that was, you know, we probably walked like five miles that day and none of us had done anything of the oh, sort, wow. any, 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 like, and that wasn't any exercise, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> that was like yeah. that kind of thing. So I, my mom and I, there was a, a, the very first day after that, they did this challenge and my mom wanted to quit during the challenge. And I was like, we haven't even seen our rooms yet. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's not going to work out. Like, so, it there was, was, so there was no, there wasn't any like prep coming into it. It sounds like it was just sort of like, you're going to be on the show and we'll tell you what's going to happen when you get there. Oh yeah. There, you never know anything. And I, you know, and I, I do think it's important to share that, like, you know, cause I think that people see the show and they get misconstrued ideas. It was for us where we were at. It was like extremely taxing, but for you, it would have been nothing. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're physically active. And so like I, when I, especially right after the show, it was important for me when I would go around and talk and share the story that I let people know, like, listen, it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life, but it was literally one minute on a treadmill, one minute up, one minute on, one minute up. I was like, this is the longest minute of my life followed by the shortest minute of my life. But yeah. that was 
that was so much for me. So we did start out where we needed to start out. It's just like, if you were at home doing it, you never would have done it for as long and you never would have been, that would have been it. And it probably would have been it for a week. And then, but we went to a next activity, you know what I mean? So they did take us in, start us where we were, but pushed us further than we ever knew possible. Like our physical beings were crazy. And as far as nutrition, that was really, honestly, the show changed after my season and this new show, like staff of the biggest loser, you know, there was, there's lots of controversy and they, you know, they quit the show, but they're starting it again. And they are focusing more on a holistic approach, more on a being healthy approach. It's not yeah. about just weight loss. It's not about yeah. that because we got literally an hour of nutrition before being on the show. And that was it. Yeah. And you mind you, it's like talking to someone trying to teach them a foreign language. I'm like, okay, protein is from an animal. Okay. You know, carbs are from, uh, you know, are from the ground or, you know, trying to think of it like that. Like I was trying to take notes and, and soak up as much as I could on something that I didn't understand. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm glad you brought up the food because I think people looked at that show and really, you know, the physical, um, fitness part of it was a leading part to me. But when you really dive into the success of being able to change for the long haul, it, it is with a focus on food. So what was, what was a big aha for you as you were well, going through the program in terms of the nutrition side? Well, that was the, the big aha. And that's what I, I always try to share the most is that, you know what, like, yeah, you see that because that's what is um, more sensational, like, you know, like for a TV show and stuff like that. But literally, like you lose and gain weight and get healthy in the kitchen, you yeah. get fit and build your endurance through activity, you know, and you or you're able to burn those excess calories if you are someone who needs to lose weight through activity. But like, if you want to have success in your life in and you've struggled with this roller coaster of dieting in and out, it's really you if you can't get the kitchen part down, then you're you're never, you're always going to be on that, that hamster rail. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to be doing the same thing over and over and over again. And all these diets out there, I've tried everything, you know, like it, everything that anybody, I'm, I'm about everything on the late night commercials. Like, cause I've always, there's never been a moment that I've not been healthy that I haven't wanted to be healthy. And I think that's really important for people to understand too. People that are unhealthy, it's not like, you know, we're like, Oh yeah, I'm so happy with my unhealthiness. We're, we're, you know, we're defensive because we don't want to be judged or, you know, there's a lot of like, um, you know, I know there's TV shows out there like My Big Fat Wonderful Life, you know, and stuff like that. But I know who, I know her because she is me and she's not that happy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she might be embracing who she is and that's different. That's different with loving who you are for where you're at is different than being like, oh, I want to be unhealthy. Nobody wants to be unhealthy because being unhealthy prevents you from doing activities in your life. Now, if I choose not to do an activity, that's great. But I want at least a choice. And when you get to a point of complete unhealthiness, like, you know, like you, you there's physical, there's physical activities that even if I wanted to with every pore of who I was, I couldn't. And that was upsetting to me. So that, you know, and I think that pivot point comes to a lot of people for different reasons where they're just like, look, I, I it's not about not loving myself. It's, I I physically can't keep up with my kids or right. to the doctor and I got a diagnosis or any myriad of things. Um, what was, cause I know you have three little ones, you have <laughs> um, twins also. I mean, what, what did that mean for you just with, or what does it mean now that you have three? 
Well, so yeah, for me right now, it's like a whole, so I'm at, I'm definitely in a new season of my life and it's a season that I just feel like this is, this is what my life is for, you know? And I just, I, I knew that I wanted to be a mom ever since I knew what a mom was. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it took me a long time to get here. And honestly, The Biggest Loser kind of distracted me from it because I, I was doing a lot, like, career-wise after the show, which I had no intention or knowing that would happen. But my life changed. My life not only changed. I knew I had changed, but I didn't think my actual day-to-day life would change. You know, as far as like what I did for work or how I spent my days other than like, you know, now I would be, instead of going to Taco Tuesdays, I would invite people to spin class, you know, like, yeah. hey, let's do this or yeah. let's do that. Like just change my, I knew that kind of change would happen, but I didn't realize the big change would happen, but it was, it all led up to now. And now it's for me, I, like I said to you, and I, and I do a lot of still, still self deprecating and I don't mean to, it's habit. It's a habit and it's a habit that I hate. And I know it's soon as it comes out of my head or my mouth that like it shouldn't be there or I shouldn't have said that and so then I just beat myself a little bit more about not you know what I mean it's a vicious cycle but it's like I'm constant I'm I'm where I was weight wise where I was when I started the biggest loser Uh, mind you I'm not as heavy as I was when I started the biggest loser because I'm different and I know that I can get there because I've been there you know but I did have twins I went through a year like a stuff so those aren't like excuses but they're definitely considerations let's just say that of where I find myself today but for today it's like I know I'm an older mom and I want to run I don't want to be a sideline mom I don't want to be the grandma mom I want to be out there with my kids I want to be on the mountain with them I want to show them you know um like Glacier Lake I want to go and do these activities with them and I want to be alive long enough to see their grandkids my grandkids you know what I mean their yeah. kids and so yeah. it's very important for me to figure this out and for now it's like and I am more focused than ever on trying to figure out the, the nutrition and the the food end of it, because honestly, it's a, we can't live without it. And, you know, I, I got to that point in my life and I read it in your, it's like I was reading over and I just love how you put everything. You just, you're amazing. I, I'm like your biggest fan. Now oh my gosh. Like, I just, so I'm in love with you. Like I totally am. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, cause you're just real. And the way that you put it and you break it down, it's like, yeah, but like you talk about food as fuel. And it's, and I hear that and I've heard that, but when I heard it after loser, it was different. It was, it was food for fuel without any pleasure. It was like, no, I don't need food for pleasure. I need food to, to, to just have fuel so that I can do the activities I wanted. And one time I got interviewed by um, Dr. Drew or whatever, and he called me a, um, a exercise bulimic. <laughs> and have you ever heard that term? Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, in fact, I talk about it because there are a lot of people that have this idea that you can eat whatever you want, you know, garbage in. But the problem is food is information. You know, it's not just a calorie. So the, all of that excessive exercise where people are working out, you know, two, three, four crazy hours a day to undo what they did is really meaningless because you can't undo information. You can only burn, you know, calories. And at the end of the day, that information is, is giving your cells the opportunity to thrive and reproduce or fail. But I've never heard that until you. 
Mm. Honestly, like put in those words and put in that type. And even when you were sharing on stage and you talked about retraining our taste buds and talking about like, and I, and I do like to hear like the science part of it too. And like the actual way that it happens, but talking about like the salt and sweet taste buds on the tip of your tongue. And you want to touch the top, like the taste buds in the back. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that was a huge aha the other day. And I was like, I never thought of that. Like in since then, and this is so silly and ridiculous, but I've even just like, not that I've, like, you know, when, what I have eaten since the moment I heard you say that on stage, I tried to just roll it back to the back of my tongue, like to yeah. the back of my mouth. Like, yeah. it's bizarre. Like, I've never thought of it like that, you yeah. know, and I, but I truly was an uh, bulim- uh, exercise bulimic and I didn't, I didn't know, but I was, you know, I got calories in, calories out. Now I heard and I knew not all calories are created equal. And I know that this calories will, you know, like two of the, oh yeah, you may get two slices of bread for 80 calories, but there's like nothing in that. I'd rather have this Ezekiel one slice of sprouted grain bread for 80 calories because it's going to last longer in my system. I heard that part of the equation, but I still always knew like, well, I can eat that chocolate cake if I want to. I just have to then, you know, what it, what it meant to me was another hour on the treadmill and an hour at this many RPS. Like, do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, I know what I have to do to burn that, that calorie. And so that conversation, I think, was served me at that point in my life, but that doesn't serve me for the rest of my life. And I think that's where it gets really confusing and why you see a lot of success and then not success because Biggest Loser, although they did try to do it in like, it it wasn't like a diet in the sense of this is something you do. It was a diet in the sense of a lifestyle but like in your book, like it, it is, it's, it's depriving. It's through deprivation still, you know what I mean? And yeah. so like that's, that part, it helped me and it had me experience the physical of, I was able to do Ironmans. I was able to do by, by being healthy and keeping my weight at a, and at a, uh, a weight that I could still be able to physically do all of these other things, but it, it didn't help me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And now that's what I need to learn. And it, for me, I feel like it's so important because I have three people I'm going to be teaching about food and how to survive and fuel their bodies to live their best life. And I don't know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not equipped for that. I, I would say like, oh, Allie, do you think you're going to be a good mom? Oh yeah, I'm going to be a great mom. But once I had the babies, like there's this so much pressure, like, do you know what I mean? In a good way. But like, I yeah. just, on myself, I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to figure this out. I got to, how do I get them to, um, you know, have to enjoy this taste? I start now. And I used to be the big judger. Like when people would say, oh, my kid only eats this. Well, really your kid only eats that? Like, well, how do they even know about it? And, you know, then, but you know what? I found myself like with my two-year-old giving her craft macaroni and cheese because she wouldn't eat anything and she would eat that. And it was like, no, I can't do that. I got to find what she will eat and what she will enjoy. But she eats lots of avocados and she loves fruit and she, you know, it's just like, but she goes through these phases, but I thought like, oh, you just need to eat. But talking to the pediatrician too, it's like, well, kids will eat when they're hungry. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So well, it's kind I of like, just trying- yeah, it's, it's in the book I talk about, you know, I worked with Dr. Daniel Amen on the, the Daniel plan and he says you have to be their frontal lobe. You know, you, you can't just give them the, the decision making, um, you know, opportunity for everything. They just don't know. It would be like, you know, I have an 18 year old now and I still have to give her guidance on a lot of things. She just, you don't know what you don't know. And I think, you're, exactly. you know, you're ahead of the game by realizing that 
the habits that you create today or what will be their habits tomorrow. Because I'll tell you, I came from a household where my mom was perpetually on a diet and perpetually had a weird relationship, an unstable relationship, I'll call it, with food. And that really impacted me. But I mean, here we are today. You have all these years of perspective on your experience there. And I know you're kind of in like now chapter two after you've had your babies. What What's on the horizon for you? What do you feel like all of this has brought you to at this point in your life? I think that it's it's un, it's unfolding like ahead of like right before my eyes, you know. But but what's really important to me is my babies and to making sure that like you know I'm 43 years old and actually I'm 44 now. But I was 43 when I when I had my three kids. <laughs> you know, I have my daughter. So for people that so they understand that was foster to adopt, and so I got her at 11 months, and then I had twins eight months ago. And so um, in that 43rd year, I had three kids and it just put a whole different perspective for me. I think that, you know, people that struggle with their weight um, are, they, Bob Harper said it, and he was one of the trainers on The Biggest Loser. He's like, you guys are all acting like children when we were on the show. And I was like, excuse me, I was offended, you know, because there was these people, like there was the groups on Biggest Loser. There were the young ones that just thought of the trainers as gods, you know, and then there were the old ones that couldn't be bothered with them. And then there were, I was their peer. I'm their same age. Do you know what I mean? So when he says they all, we all heard it differently. And I heard it like, who the heck do you think you are calling a child? Do you know what I mean? And I was like, but what he said was, you guys guys make you guys make choices like a child based on immediate gratification without regard to consequence and he was absolutely right and when you talk about that frontal lobe and stuff like that like it's like I didn't realize how much I how important it is for me to adult and to grow up and to be that for my kids without and I don't want people to be like oh my gosh and this this lady has three kids like I I'm I'm fully aware of what it means to be a parent you know what I mean but it's like there's so much responsibility and so because I know that and I know that it is up to me I feel like I need to dive in and be this biggest sponge that I know and for me where I am my weakest Cause I can do, I can physically figure out a way to do anything you put in front of me. It may take me a while, but I'll figure out how to do it. I don't know so much there is to know about nutrition and food and what it does for you. And the, and the, the, like you were talking about, and I don't, I, I, I'm going to, I, and I, I catch things that you say, but I could listen to you talk over and over again and catch something. You could say the same thing over and over again. And I would catch something different each time. Like, you know, it, but it's like you were to, and I don't know how you said it. So I'm asking like about the memory or, or the consequences of the food afterwards. Like how you, what did you call that? You had a, a, a thing for like food is not just like when you, you burn the calories because. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's information, you know, yeah. it, it actually builds your DNA and it, builds the DNA of generations to come because, you know, you eat to disease, to fight disease. I mean, I, you know, I, this was a perfect example of this in action as I have a, a good friend who had stage four breast cancer and didn't really change. I mean, she was super fit and super, you know, thought she was eating healthy and everything. So it's like one of those things where you just, you know, you never know when it's going to happen, but um, she did all of these different protocols. She dropped sugar. She, ate, you know, took in a lot of greens and, and really, you know, kind of super um, nurtured her system with food. And four months later, she was breast cancer free, cancer free. 
That's amazing. So it's, it is, it's just kind of a testimony. There are a lot of, uh, you know, factors, of course, that contribute you know, to people's recovery. But at the end of the day, I think everybody can agree that it, it gives you the best chance at building your house. So when you, when you, um, sit, you know, when you look at all of the things that you've accomplished and, you know, doing what you did on the biggest loser is no small task. I mean, it was, it's one thing to do what you didn't. It's another thing to do it in front of millions of people watching you across America. You know, what, what would you say if you could boil down, and I know this might be a challenge, but boil down one thing that just you will take with you for the rest of your life from that experience, what is it? I would say from the, from the chapter of Biggest Loser is forgiveness. I realized that I had to forgive myself for the, for the choices that I made that didn't serve me or honor me for what I wanted in my life. And that happens over and over again. It happens in big ways. It happens in little ways, like what hours upon hours we were on those machines. And so you have all this time, there's no radio because they're filming or, or, you know, music, you can't do anything. So you're literally just thinking in your head, you know, and it's just like, you would go, like, I would just think about all this stuff. And I was just like, you know, these, uh, we don't, our bodies, like, you know, our minds and our bodies, we have these memories. Like I was an athlete and I think that that's how it went growing up. So my muscle memory that I didn't realize. And so that kind of gave me a little bit of an edge in the physical sense, but also what was coming up and being, and was, you know, coming back was all these different decisions that I made throughout my life about myself and how I deal with happiness, sadness, despair, excitement was through my life and my family and my my personal family culture, we dealt with, with food. We mourned with food. We celebrated with food. We, you know, but we not only did that, but we never thought about the, what was the food. And so like forgiveness for the biggest loser, like that was be what I would say for that chapter of my life. Like just being okay with like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I did that. And, and now I have an opportunity to do something different now. Am I always successful in changing that and shifting that? No, but you know what I try to do? I try to acknowledge that I shifted faster this time or, oh yeah, I didn't stay in my crap as long this time and now I'm doing this or who, who I'm not going to wait till tomorrow because I made a mistake right now. There's a lot of damage that can be done between now and tomorrow. You know, like I have this yeah. next opportunity to make a different choice. So for me, it was becoming conscious like on that level and like this new chapter of my life, it's really about figuring out and really, um, and being conscious and being um, a student of fi figuring out how to to give myself and my family the best springboard into the life I see for us, the life I want for us, the experiences I want for them and for me to be able to witness through them. And I know the foundation of that is what I put in their bodies and my body. And so that's food. And that's really like, I, I mean, I'm never going to go to be a nutritionist or become a chef or, you know, that, but I am, I am going to be the nutritionist and the chef in my home. And so that is a responsibility and something I'm taking very seriously. And I'm, I just, I'm learning and I'm, I'm learning through different cookbooks and through like, like, what is saffron? Like, why do people put it in? Is it just for taste or what does it also do? You know, like thinking of food more and like that, yeah. Like, yes. And, but also making it so it's enjoyable. Like, Cause I think that food does have a lot of memory too. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I have, uh, you know, Mex Mexican culture. Like I, I can cook Mexican food, like nobody's business. I cook it differently today than I did 10 years ago, mm. but it's still, it's the 
spices that I think create those memories. But when I bite into a taco or a burrow, like I think of my, my Nana or like being at that time of my life when I was like 10 and we did this. So, you know, there's a lot of memories that are attached to those to stuff too, at least in my world there are. And I, what I realized is it's not necessarily that exact thing, but it, it's the spices more. So for me, like, I'm really like, I want to know, I want to know spices. Like I wanted, when I was in Biggest Loser, I thought I could feel liberated if I knew the calorie value for everything out there. I would never feel like I didn't know what I was choosing. Yeah. And that, that's what I did. And that's what I worked on. Now well, I want to know, and I want to know every spice out there, every different type of flavor. Where did it come from? What are the people? How come it came about? Like, I want to become more of that. I want to make my food. You know, I don't want to buy food. I want to make food. How do you make bread? How do you do this? Why do we put this in it? Like, you know, not only does it add this flavor, but what is it also adding? So that's really like kind of like my, my personal home goal and life goal is to just really dive in there and, and to get my kids involved with it too. Like my daughter who's two, she'll eat anything if she helps make it. I love that. And the, the data corroborates that, you know, it says that if you get your kids involved, they're 85 to 90% more likely to try and what a great way to get them taking charge. But I love what you said about being the chef and nutritionist of your own family, because that's what we yeah. all get to do, no matter if we do it professionally or, or not, you know, ultimately what you do at home is um, is a different task. So what is your favorite dish to make at home? And maybe how have you tweaked it? I know you said you love Mexican food, but is there something in particular that maybe has been in your family that you love to make? And maybe how have you made it a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like we're, I mean, like when all else fails, then I want something that I like don't have to that just brings us comfort that I know it's going to be good that's going to be fulfilling and so it's like tacos we're taco people you know like yeah. it's oh, like yeah. literally taco Tuesday is a big celebration in our household too Every it totally week. is it totally is but when I was younger we would use like either my mom would fry like the the meat in with the tortilla and then we would have like you know we'd also have like beans with it and the beans would be made with like lard and different things like bacon grease actually you know and yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. it's like you would have like that and you'd have cheese and you'd have salsas and, and stuff like guacamole and sour cream and all of that like added on to this like taco and um you, you that would be it so now I still have stuff like one of the things that like kind of like throughout the like, I don't know, what is it, eight, 11 years, those last past 11 years, it, it really works for me is that like, I did kind of kind of if I can't taste it, I didn't waste it. And that's thinking calories, not thinking nutrition. Okay, so but it's still like, if I can't taste it, don't waste it. So like, I'm not going to add in something that's really not a prominent taste if there's a lot of like calories and not a lot of nutritional value. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like, I don't, I don't do cottage, I mean, I don't do sour cream ever anymore. But if I do want, like, if I feel like I want something, I'll put in, like, a, a Greek yogurt with some taco seasoning. Like, if someone else wants sour cream, fill in the house. But I use turkey or, or chicken instead of beef. I don't use beef anymore. And I make it the same way. We use this thing called El Pato. I don't know if you – it's a it's little – it's a tomato sauce. It's a spicy tomato sauce that's in a, uh, a yellow can oh, yeah. that has a duck on it. Yeah. It has a duck on it. Like, yeah. I, I literally have stock in El Pato. Like <laughs> – I put it in everything. Like, it's so good. Put that but, like, ish put, on everything. I love it. Yeah, I put that and I, I put a lot of cumin in my, and this is like how I season my like turkey. And instead of having like the cheese and the lettuce and all of that set, like with like the, 
guacamole we'll use we can still do guacamole guacamole is a healthy thing you know but uh, often i'll just do avocados just because it's home it's easy it's fast you know and so i'll put avocados in there but what i love and what really makes our our taco special is we make a slaw now out of cabbage and jalapenos and onions and cilantro and that is like literally the all the topping you need for a taco it is like amazing and you know get your greens in there you make it a fun thing you know yeah it's it's adding more vegetable and i think that is a great it's a great solution for so many foods i mean everybody out there has a family favorite that they could probably rehab a little bit um oh for sure i I was reading a story uh, about somebody uh a new york times writer and she was talking about how much she loves pasta but she'll put a salad on top of her pasta. So it becomes like less about the pasta and more about the salad to balance nice. out the nutrients. And that's, that's something that I tend to do inherently. So as we're, we're coming to kind of the end of our time, this has been so wonderful chatting with you. And I'm just so thrilled that we got to meet. What would you say is the recipe for your best life? How have you how have you created your own recipe for your best life if you could put it into you know three easy steps I think that for me I'm still I'm tweaking my recipe let's just say that because yeah. I don't think that I've gotten it yet and it's like changing so much but honestly it's like for is to be able to set myself and my family up to have the the liberty to physically, emotionally, and spiritually handle anything that comes into our life, you know, and what, and what does that mean? It's it's like being in, we live at a lake, you know, and taking my daughter out and having her understand the different sounds between the different birds or a duck or a geese or a frog or a, a toad or the bald eagle or, you know what I mean? Like being in nature, having the, yeah. the energy and I'll tell her like, she won't want to eat because she wants to play. She could, if she could live outside, she'd live outside. But I have to remind her, I was like, well, because you want to play so hard, we need to make sure we have energy to play so hard. So what are we going to eat before we go play? Like, do you know what I mean? Like having it be a different conversation (coughs) and changing that and then being able to, to share and to communicate and no, I don't even through them. Like, you know, she's, she tries to feed me. She likes to feed us, you know, she wants to feed us her food and we'll be like, no, I don't, I don't want that. Thank you. Mommy doesn't want that. And (laughs) she's like, I was like, here, like, you know how you don't want this. Mommy doesn't want this. (laughs) You know, we're done. It's okay. Or, you know, just being able to have that communication. And I know it's not about like the, like the, people are like, you're obsessed with food and and movement. And I'm like, I'm not obsessed about it, but it is my life. Like it is all of our lives, you know? And for me, it's a little bit more predominant because I struggle with weight just from the way that I was raised and stuff. So yeah, maybe there's more conversation in our household than other households, but it's, and my, my wife, she struggles too. She's a firefighter. So her job depends and her life depends on being healthy, you know? And so it's, Physically, mentally, absolutely, to be able to make decisions. Exactly. And when I talk about spiritually, there's nothing that is more um, foggy than how I feel after I've had like cake and ice cream and something like fried. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like to not have to kind of take that fog out and to make it so. So I think just being able to set ourselves up to have liberty in our lives through you know, for, so that we're ready to do anything that we want here, you know, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. So that's my goal. And I know that my, my, how I can be the beacon in my family and make, and make a difference in that being our like kind of family goal is to um, work on 
on finding the best nutrition. And I know that I lead by example. I know she's watching everything that I do. My boys are a little young. They still watch me, but they're not like mimicking. She's mimicking, you know? And so it's like, I can't tell her no. And then me go and do it. Like even, okay. So I will say this and I'm just going to put it out there and it's totally bad. And I totally, I went away from it and then I got back to it and it was soda, you know? And I was just like, but I found myself saying I had to quit soda again, which is good. I need to quit soda. I know it's not good for me, but I would be like, no, that's a mommy drink. Mm. If I can't feel comfortable with her drinking it, why the heck am I drinking it? Oh, you know, I, yeah. Aside from like, you know, wine or something like that. Those are mommy drinks too. Those mommy drinks sometimes need to, have, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I think, I think that's a great, um, it's a great way to put things into perspective and that filter of not only what we eat, but what we consume. Um, and I mean, media, what we expose ourselves to and what we share becomes that much more important. So Ali, thank you. I really, really enjoyed this discussion and uh, I'm here for you girl for the long haul. So I know we're going to well, be, we're going to be talking a lot more. <laughs> I, I'm excited. And I honestly, like, I went there to meet you. And I just like, I didn't know how it was going to happen, what our interaction would be like, or anything like that. But you are, like, I, I just like, I know that, like, I, I look up to you and I want you to, I want to be mentored to, by you, it, whether it's, I'm not talking necessarily like I don't expect you to do anything for me personally, but like through your books and through like finding out and following you and listening to you and all of that. Like, I just think that like, I'm never, I'm never going to, um, I'm not going to have your knowledge, but I'm going to, I'm going to uh, like get it from you. So like, I'm super excited to have Definitely. you in my life and I thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to, having many other podcasts throughout the years and, um, and just sharing and growing and, um, being able to think and thank you for saying that. And I will take you up on that. Look towards you when I have questions, <laughs> you know, because you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, for me, it always is. I'm here for you. And, and thank you again. Awesome. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag, R-F-Y-B-L for Recipes for Your Best Life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.